0: Of who I am, but because of what you've done, not because of what I've done, but because of who.
1: stream. We have come here because this is a place where God looks at us and even with all of our junk, uh, all of our garbage, God looks at us and says, you're you're mine. You belong to my family. You are part of who I have chosen to be my sons and daughters. So in that spirit, we invite you to stand up and welcome each other here. Uh, Let them know that they are loved and appreciated. (coughs)
2: As we sing this first song, Beautiful Things, one of the things that I love about this song is it reminds us that God hasn't left us in the junk of our lives, hasn't left us in our sin, our brokenness, um, but he created us not only beautiful and he redeems us, he buys us back, takes us and makes beautiful things out of us in our lives. And so uh, join us as we sing this together.
1: see them. so go ahead kids up through is it fifth grade there she is all right Hi, Mike. All right. So we're going to sing one more song to get our hearts and minds prepared for the service, uh, for the sermon. Sorry. So go ahead and stand with us as we sing about the grace that's been extended to us.
2: Stuff over, so I think we're good. <laughs> well, good morning. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Aaron. Um, good to be here this morning, Watershed campus pastor. but uh, for those of you who do, good to see you again as well. Um, this morning, I want to remind us of a couple just things that are coming up and going on, as always. Uh, you can text 202,12,10. Uh, Text the word CONNECT if you want to connect, there will be a little form you can fill out there. Uh, If you need prayers for something, text PRAY to that number. Uh, If you want to give, that's one of the ways you can give, other than we have boxes out and about, that's one way you can give, there's kiosks, um, so, but uh, CONNECT, PRAY, GIVE, text that to 616-202-1210. Um, And then in March, whoops, sorry, I'm jumping here, Um, in March, March 11 and 12, we have Feed My Starving Children, something that we've participated in with a few other churches. Uh, In the area, if you're interested in joining in, there are uh, three packing shifts, as you can see up here. Uh, Go to Heartalike, to the website, there's a sign-ups there uh, where you're going to look to get connected. Uh, And then finally, one other announcement. There is a group looking to go see Luke Carrig, one of our missionaries in Ireland, Um, and that's kind of been around a little bit, but Dee, with some of the travel, travel's always changing, as you know, Um, but she's going to have a hard and fast date by Friday morning, basically. She needs to know if you're going or not, and um, Dee, wave your hand. Just, she's here. Connect with her if you have any questions um yet today but if you want to go to ireland she can fill you in on that we're going with Beechwood, right um so us and Beechwood together so um otherwise let's go to god in prayer this morning lord thank you uh for your again your love for us your grace given to us lord that you not only when you create us you make beautiful things uh, lord all of your creation is beautiful Lord, but uh, we know brokenness comes into that creation and comes into us in that you don't leave us there. You don't leave us in that brokenness. You don't leave us in that sin as we've sung this morning. By your grace and your grace alone, you've breathed new life into us and and you've given us more chances than we could ever count. And Lord, we want to just say thank you. Thank you that it's not about us somehow earning your love in your favor. Lord, if that were so, we, we couldn't stand, as the psalmist says. Lord, we couldn't stand. There would be too much guilt. There would be too much shame. There would be too many mistakes. But Lord, you've taken that all in Jesus. And, and again, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for that love and that kindness, for that grace this morning. Lord, as we think about uh, um, this Heart of White campus this morning, not only us here at Watershed, but celebration As they're wrapping up worship this morning, uh, as Fusion that we'll be worshiping together here in a little while. Lord, we pray that from this campus, whether it's through Sunday mornings, whether it's through Wednesday nights and community meals, GEMS, cadets, whether it's through Youth Ministries or Neighbors Plus, uh, Lord, and work there, whether it's through mission teams going to DR and Ireland and Honduras, and Lord, the many other partnerships that we have god we just pray that good news comes out of out of this place out of us god the world needs a breath of fresh air so help us help us to be that together lord we know we make mistakes but sometimes even the world just needs to see us take responsibility and say we're sorry so, Lord, just breathe your life through us this morning. And again, refresh us as we hear your word, as we rest in it, as we rest in your story. Jesus, what you have for us. God, we continue, to to think about just friends and, and family in this community uh, that are struggling, that are, are going through some challenges and some trials right now. Lord, we pray for Phil and Kim as they wait for news uh, this week for phil and and exactly what's going on with this lymphoma uh, that they found in his body lord i thank you that you've been healing him from his surgery uh, a couple weeks ago but uh lord we pray that you would drive that cancer out of his body Lord, we think about helene been camping and, Campen and uh, lord uh just news this week that the cancer just now what it is and where it's at um and how to move forward lord uh, we're gonna need you to work wonders in her and for her and for Mitch and Stacy and Austin Alex for the rest of their family, God, as they go through this journey again too with cancer and so Lord, just show your goodness to them. May we rejoice in what you do, Lord. Lord, we think about Clay Sling. We heard news last last week. Um, Lord, is is he's dealing with Acute myeloid leukemia. God, and, and it just about took his life. Um so Lord, things are touchy. And so we pray again for a healing and strength. Lord, too many things that we see. Lord, these are just three and, and there are more, Lord. There are more people in our, our greater heartaway community, there are more concerns and people who are dealing with just cancer alone, God. So please continue to bring your healing. Lord, we continue too, to deal with everything from sinus infections to colds and flu to COVID to other surgeries that need to take place. Lord, we thank you for healing for Abby following her back surgery. God, we praise you for, for those good things and moments where, God, something, something can come out of the pain and the hurt. New, almost a new life can come. So Lord, we just continue to look to you. Lord, our communities as well just continue to need us to show up, to show up well in our, in our work. Whether we're, God, working in the various just trades and we're, we're building things and we're using our hands and our, our minds and creating and crafting. Whether we're running businesses and, and employing people and the challenges that come with that. Lord, especially in this particular climate, God, whether it's people who are serving us in in grocery stores and in restaurants, whether it's teachers who are teaching our children, nurses, police, fire that are, are, are serving our communities, Lord, the amount of ways that we participate in our communities are just vast and they're unique to each of us. So Lord, just again, strengthen us in our jobs, strengthen us in in what you've called us to and invited us into. Thank you for the ways those things provide for the life you've gifted to us and then also provide for others through us. Lord, may we be good stewards of what you've blessed us with. Again, God, these are just some of the prayers that we pray this morning. We look to you, we ask again for your guidance, your strength. Again, Lord, thank you for your scriptures as we, we get ready to hear from them. These parables that Jesus have taught open our hearts, our ears, our minds to receive what you have for us, to be encouraged where we need to be encouraged, to be challenged where we need to be challenged, for your sake, for your life, not only in us, and in this, but in this world as well. In the name of Jesus we pray, and all God's children said, amen. So we've been continuing in a series on parables, an eight-week series on parables of Jesus, and we've called this a scandal of grace because in and through Jesus' parables, he's teaching us about uh, not only who he is and what he's done in this world and is doing, but his kingdom as well. And it's all anchored in this unmerited, unearned favor of God. So often our story is trying to prove ourselves to God, to, show, to live up to the standard, to, to be better, try harder, right? To push, to push, to push, and then somehow us and God will be good. And that's why this is a scandal. This is why it messes with our head. Grace should challenge our hearts because grace says it's zero about you and 100% on God. And that's good news. Because in his perfection, we have perfection. In his mercy, we receive mercy. In his gracious forgiveness, we're free. So as we continue in that today, as we think about the parables, um, I grew up, one of the things that I did, my first job at eight years old, so first time I got paid was eight years old. And it was by our next door neighbor. It was a big farm, one of the, actually one of the largest farms uh, in northwest Indiana. So Love the, love the I'm, I'm throwing it on live stream, love the Kleine family. They've been awesome neighbors and friends. And yes, they employed me at eight years old to do what? Pull weeds. Yeah. Yeah, that's what every eight-year-old wants to do. Go out into the fields and pull weeds. And let me tell you this, I stink to this day still at pulling weeds. Why? Because I don't know how to tell the difference between what a weed is and a plant is. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little sacrilege here for Holland, Michigan. We moved into our house 15 years ago, right? We have these something again. See, I'm a i am am a green thumb because whatever grows is something, you know. And that's the Latin form, just FYI, right? It was we have this, this stuff that grows up along the path to go into our front yard, and I know we also have tulips that that sprout out. Well, in the first year. The leaves on whatever this something is that grows up, and the leaves of the tulips, when they're not all in blossom, look a lot the same. And especially at the end of the year when you're just getting rid of everything. So what did I do? I pulled up and threw away every tulip but one. (laughs) To this day, we have one tulip, (laughs) one lonesome tulip that grows up, and it's a reminder that I know nothing about pulling weeds still today. I, you know, the days of pulling weeds and soybean that's long gone. Thank you, God. And thank you, God, for every person that does that hard work because it's hard. I got heat stroke that year. Um, like, it's just nasty. Never want to do it again. For those of you who love it, praise God for you and keep going. But the challenge, right, in this, we, there is a point. We're, we're bringing it back in. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to discern, right, what the real thing is versus the weed right today we're going to hear a parable about the tares the weeds and the wheat and jesus gives us a cautionary tale about what this looks like especially as we've been talking already this morning about our earning our trying harder our 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 even seeking for purity in the world that maybe we have some limits Maybe we don't see everything and don't know everything. But buried in there is the good news that Jesus does. He has perfect patience in how he deals with the world, and in particular this morning with evil. Jesus is perfectly patient and knows what's going on, can separate wheat and weeds. And at the end of the day as well, he reminds us and will remind us that there, he will judge evil as well, so we can take heart. We don't have to fear that evil will have its day and will continue to have its day. No, he will judge justly and rightly. So let's dive into God's word this morning. It's Matthew 13. This is just after what we shared last week about this this, um, scandalous sower. This sower who would seemingly spread God's grace and goodness recklessly, however, when it took root in the places that we didn't quite expect life Chained, changed and lives changed. So verse 24, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds amongst the wheat, and he went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. Now the owner's servants, right, they're good servants, they came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? Right? This would make sense. We need to purify uh, the field. Let, Let us go drive that out. And Jesus says, No. No, he answered. Because while you're pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow until the harvest. And at that time I will tell the harvesters: first collect the weeds tie them into bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. So picking up just a few verses later, it's another one of the parables where Jesus actually explains what he says. Most of the time, the parables, he doesn't explain, but we get an explanation there. Then he left the crowd, went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. And he answered, the one who sowed the good wheat." the good seed is the son of man the field is the world and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom the weeds are the people of the evil one and the enemy who sows them is the devil the harvest is the end of the age and the harvesters are angels so as the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire so it will be in the end of the age the son of man will send out his angels and they will weed out his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They'll throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. This is God's word for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Again, just a reminder with parables, what Jesus is doing when we hear today, he says, the kingdom of God is like. Right, a parable for Jesus isn't just a moral story. It's not just some theological words about God that one day will, we'll, like, his, his, his MO isn't about going, this is how you pass the test, folks. <laughs> Parables are about, first of all, pointing people to him and then to his kingdom. Right? So he says the kingdom of God is like a field. Right? A man goes out and he sows seed. And so what do we want to hold on to? I said this already, but I want to remind us again. Jesus wants us to remember that he is purposely patient today in the face of evil, right? He says there's a sower who comes and, and he, he spreads good seed. And these seeds we hear in his definite, he spreads his people out in the world. This is his kingdom. However, an enemy comes and sows evil. And there, are evil, there is evil in this world. We know that. And by the way, there is evil in us too, he says, all of this happens, and we sows this in the field. But, but, but the disciples, right, and, and us, and, and even the angels, ask God, what? Hey, shouldn't we get rid of this? Right? Shouldn't we purify this world? Right? If we believe that God has come into the world to bring his goodness, to fight sin and evil, like, isn't anybody ever asked this question, right? Shouldn't we bring purity into the world? It's our job to purify, to get rid of the bad, so that we can keep the good. Well, Jesus in his infinite wisdom knows it's not that easy. While there is life, we also deal with the reality of sin and brokenness integrated in the midst of it. And Jesus is purposely patient in how he deals with that evil throughout time and throughout our lives. But he also reminds us in this parable that he will judge evil right we get the weeping and gnashing of teeth there will be a time at at the end of days when that judgment occurs and things will be the weeds will be wrapped up there will be some differentiation and evil will finally be taken care of and that's good news too right but there's a tension And that's the challenge of what parables do, don't they? They don't just give us an easy answer. They leave us wondering. They leave us questioning. They leave the disciples saying, so Jesus, you need to tell us more because this tension gets hard to live in. It's a whole lot easier if I can go, that's evil and try to get rid of it, isn't it? Than it is to live with God's patience. It's a whole lot easier to just sit back, step out of the world and let God deal with the world, right, and be separated from it. But Jesus says, no, that's not how I work. I'm in it, I'm working, I'm doing something. And trust me, I'll take care of it in the end. So I want to look for just a moment more at the, perfect, the purposeful patience. And just read again part of this parable, starting in verse 28. An enemy did this, he replied. Right? The servants come to Jesus. Who did this? Who sowed up these weeds? He says, don't you want us to go pull them out? No, he answered, because while you're pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. I'm going to show you a picture. This is what we're talking about today. In the Greek, it's zizanium is the actual. So I do know a little. I, I got a touch of a green thumb only because I can read theological dictionaries. So there you go. <laughs> I'm not that smart, folks. I just read a book today. You know, this week. So, but zizanium is the tear. Right? It's here on the left. And, and, and I just wonder look at these pictures side by side. Tell me something. They look kind of close, don't they? And don't you think as they grow together, which by the way, when they do, it is almost impossible to tell the difference between the two? Jesus, in, in, in telling this parable, reminds us that as much as we want to drive out evil, We don't know how to discern what's good and what's evil on our own. It's really hard. It's really hard to figure out why people do what they do, including ourselves, right? I'm, I'm still trying to figure out why I do what I do, let alone try to figure out why others do what they do. Amen? Right? Anybody else? Right, so to try to discern and then just wipe it out, what happens? Jesus cautions them, be careful because if you do that, you're going to pull up. You might just pull up the wrong thing. Oh, and by the way, were we wheat to begin with? I'm going to leave that hanging for a moment. Were we even wheat to begin with when it comes to God? Jesus says, or Paul says this later, Paul, Peter, we're going to make it to his name. (laughs) Peter, in 2 Peter, talks about God's judgment. So much like there's judgment in our parable, he says, don't forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. He's purposefully patient, as some understand slowness. Now instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Remember how I just asked, like, were we even weak to begin with? Well, the story of the Bible, we've been sharing a a book, Scandalous Stories, is sort of a, a nice little commentary that is accessible for everybody to read on the parables, something that we've been reading as pastors together, some of you have been studying, well, the authors say this, the biblical reality is that sometimes weeds become wheat. In fact, all wheat were formerly weeds. One of the reasons why Jesus cautions his servants not to pull up the the wheat, or the weeds first in the wheat, is guess what? All of us, as Paul, there we go, I got the right P name now, Paul in Ephesians says, we were all at one time enemies of God. While we, he created us good, sin separated us from him. In us then was sin and death and brokenness. So guess what? Is that real weedy or more weedy? Weeds. But the grace of God is this, that he's in the business of changing weeds to wheat. Of adopting those who were his enemies and making them his own. In saving them through Christ to wash us clean, that while we were covered in blood, he cleanses us and makes us pure as snow. Jesus calls us to patience because you and I do not and cannot predict what your life or even someone else's life is going to be. John Calvin, so we're in the Reformed tradition, he's one of the kind of leading thinkers and movers of the Reformed tradition. And uh, says a lot of stuff, but at the end of the day, he had a pastor's heart. And he held this, I, he, he wrestled with this idea of, you know, where are, where's God sending some people, heaven, hell? And, and when he gets all done with it, he basically says this, I just want you to hold what I'm saying really loosely. Because here's what I know for a fact. While we may try to predetermine and predict where people are going, He goes, my enemy today could be my brother or sister in Christ tomorrow. And that's not in my control, and I don't know it. Jesus is talking to a culture and a community that wants to drive Rome out. But if we read the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then we go into the book of Acts, what we're going to see is there are Romans who give their lives to Christ. So what happens if you drive out Rome? You might just lose some of those who God was saving and giving his life to. Because by the end of the day, what happens, 2 Peter reminds us, God desires that all will come to repentance. He wants to give everybody a shot. Does it mean everybody will take that? Does it mean everyone will put their faith in what Christ has done? No. However, it never leaves God in a place where he's not saying, Listen, I love you and I want you. That God is pursuing us and coming after us, pouring out that unmerited favor, that love. He goes, You got to be careful. But his purposeful patience is anchored in the desire that he would lose, as Jesus says, lose none, that his Father has entrusted to him. Now that leaves us, though, in attention, doesn't it? I mean, we're talking about the world, right? Jesus says, by the way, I'm talking about the world. I'm not just talking about the church. Sometimes the church reflects that. But in the world, right? It doesn't mean we get to now go swing two by fours, right? They were made for building, not for swinging, right? Maybe that patience, God needs me to be patient with others. You know, maybe it just starts in my own family. I don't know any of you, you know, maybe I'm alone on that one right but maybe my neighbor needs patience my coworkers need patience why cuz we know god's heart is for them so maybe my heart needs to be for them as well that leaves us though in the tension what's god going to do where is he going right and jesus reminds us of this later on in his as he talks about the parable as he explains it he says the enemy that sows them the evil in the world is the devil But there is a harvest at the end of the age. And the harvesters are the angels, right? They're the messengers of God. They're the workers who go at God's command with God's wisdom. So as these weeds then are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. Now, I don't like talking about judgment. I don't like hearing about judgment. Is that like, yeah, your favorite thing to read books on? Yay! And, and here, let, let's go just a couple verses. They will be thrown into the blazing furnace. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Woo-hoo! Right? This, this gets me up in the morning. But then what? Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. There's a goodness in the fact that God is patient and wants none to fall away. God doesn't want anybody to experience his judgment. But the reality is evil still persists. And there is still wrong done. When we jump back to verse 41, what does it say he's going to do? That he's going to weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. Think about our prayer this morning just our family and friends that are dealing with cancer right now i don't know about you i want to see cancer rid from this world anybody tired of covid (laughs) i see it gone many of us are tired about just racial injustice and and then arguments and racism that comes on all sides of it anybody How about just people who are so centered on themselves (laughs) and have no problem pushing you out of the way? I mean, now start thinking about everything that trips you and challenges you. Right? Last week we talked about the sower and the wheat. We all got things that trip us up and tangle out God's life in us. Sometimes there's some hard places in our lives that we've been trampled down on. We need God to break free, right? But this is God's judgment. It's good. It's meant to drive out evil. I want a God who will get rid of the crap. Plain and simple. Because what God is good if he doesn't? But that judgment is always anchored in his wisdom. All right? I go back to the very beginning of the Bible, Adam and Eve, and I think... You know, I get a, the movie A Few Good Men, right, in, in my mind, Tom Cruise, and I right, get the scene when they're in the courtroom and Jack Nicholson's on the stand, you know, and, and I, I kind of picture God going to Adam and Eve once, once they've sinned and he goes, listen, right, you can't handle the truth. Right? You weren't supposed to eat of this fruit because you can't handle as a created human being what it takes to weed out good and bad and, and, and where hard hearts are and why they're hard because some of their hard hearts, some of the hard hearts jumping back to last week are hard because others have made them hard Some of our hard hearts are because I've made it hard right I can hardly figure that out in my own self of why it's hard right some of those rocks that just keep the, the truth from growing deep in me, right? Because this parable butts right up. God, Jesus is continuing a conversation. This is why wheat and tares, they look so much alike. It's hard to know what keeps God's word from growing deep in our lives. Sometimes it's my fault that it's not growing deep. Sometimes it's the result of something else, someone else. Maybe it's just limitation. The thorns, the things that trip us, tangle us, right? I mean, no one of us is the good soil. God, however, is cultivating it and wants to cultivate that in us. And God, at the end of the day, will deal with evil. That's why we can trust in his patience. That's why we can learn to be patient. But like we know, if you ask for patience, you're probably going to get a situation that calls you to it more than you'll receive patience, Right? Go, Lord, give me patience. And he'll go, yep, and here's your opportunity. No! <laughs> I asked for patience. No, <laughs> it's going to take some time. All right, we work on it. But God is good. He will judge justly what is wrong. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians, and this is a confidence for us. He says this, he says, my conscience is clear. This is what Jesus does. Jesus gives us his righteousness. That's what happens. His rightness, his perfection. That's how he changes the weeds to wheat. This is why Paul can say, my conscience is clear because I know where I stand. I know in who I place my life and my hope. It's Jesus. However, that doesn't make me innocent. Martin Luther, another old, old timer of the faith, going back to the 1500s, said this, justus et peccator. justus et peccator. Simultaneously justified and sinner. In one moment, I am both completely right and whole and saved and in the same moment, I also sin. But because of Jesus, Paul, my conscience is clear even though I still may not be innocent. And then what does he caution the church to do? Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. And here's the promise of his just judgment. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. He can handle the truth. He knows exactly why we are the way we are. And as well, he continues to judge with grace and mercy. Not seeking anyone to be destroyed. And at that time, he says, each will receive their praise from God. Jumping back to Peter, Peter says this. He says, if this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to hold the unrighteous for punishment on the day of judgment. So not only does he know how to figure everything else out in our lives, but he knows how to hold on to those who are in him, and he knows how to handle those who aren't. Now the funny thing is, how many of you have heard the story of Lot? Sodom, Gomorrah? He says this right after he calls Lot righteous. So FYI, it's hard to see where Lot is a righteous man. But Peter says, but God knew how to save righteous Lot from the burning of Sodom and Gomorrah. And if that's so, he knows how to handle us. Our God is purposefully patient. Purposefully patient in the face of evil. We are seed that grows up. He's the gardener. He's the one who takes care of, with his angels, figuring those things out. So be careful. Be careful in trying to pull up the weeds. We're talking about people here today. Be careful about trying to pull up the weeds and purify people. Jesus might say to us today, hey, before you pull the speck out of your neighbor's eye, check the plank in your own. With that, on the other side, the tension is the reminder, because Jesus says, he who has ears, let them hear, that he will judge evil. He will judge the evil that is within us, and he will judge the evil that is in the world. But he does it with, again, his purposeful patience, his grace, his mercy, with a desire that we wouldn't be lost. Let's pray. God, thank you that you are patient with us because otherwise you would have ripped us up a long time ago god no one of us is is perfect we were all weeds long before we had become wheat god and in becoming wheat it was your grace your mercy that made it so so lord thank you again just for your purposeful patience thank you that lord you also judge, you also drive out the evil in the world and in us. Thank you because, Lord, we want to see evil taken care of. We want to see it driven out. We want to see it judged. I want to get rid of the sin in my life. I want to see the sin of, of others and that we deal with in this world gone. Thank you that you'll do that justly. You already began that process of justice in your cross. You paid the penalty for all of the brokenness. You took it upon yourself. Lord, again, just remind us that you will take care of the rest. And we have nothing to fear, like Paul says. Our conscience can be clear when we are in you. So Lord, again, remind us that in you, we have nothing to fear in that judgment. We have only hope. And let that motivate us too, Lord, to, to share that good news, that patience of God with others. Let, help us to let others know too that a God, God, you're going to deal with evil. But in you is freedom. So Lord, all of these things, we just, we need you to continue to be who you are. Lord, help us to live in the tension. Help us to continue to grow in that tension. And at the end of the day, may we continue to find rest in the freedom that we have in you. Again, thank you, Lord, for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. We invite you to stand. So this song says, Who the sun sets free is free indeed. And he's declared that we are, we are we. We've been chosen not forsaken and he's taken us and he says we are weak
2: What keeps our conscience clear in Christ? If you're not in Christ, it's as simple as doing this Lord, I submit to you. God, I give you my life. I need you. It's that simple. And He sees our hearts, He knows our minds. It's not a journey from zero to a hundred, now all of a sudden you're going to be perfect. Nope. <laughs> it's going to be a crazy journey. It's going to be filled with ups and downs, challenges, and celebrations but it does give us a clear conscience. It does give us a peace in our spirit that we know we are his. And when we belong to him, our name is written in the book and it's going nowhere else. Within that, we can trust too that God's judgment will drive out the evil, will drive the evil out of us, will take care of all of those challenges we face and he'll continue to create so I, I pray that you continue to, if, if you already know that, you're encouraged in that. If that's something new for you, let's talk. But in Christ, we are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Receive this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenances, smile upon you, and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's children said, in peace. And if you don't mind helping stack a few chairs, we'd appreciate it.